you got to hustle right because you ask anybody who's successful today it hasn't happened with somebody saying i slept very less i did two or three jobs i did it over nights and we- weekends i tried to go out, think out of the box most success stories are not i woke up i raised a million dollars and made a success it's never like that so there's long term hustle if if you're passionate that's what it's going to carry you through the difficult times Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining me today is my good friend, Ravi Jayagopal from subscribeme.fm. I probably didn't get the last name quite right. We got it perfect. <laughs> Whether I did or not, thank you for that. And welcome to Anaheim. We're hanging out here in California. Yeah, you live here, so this is no big deal for you. But for me, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, just an hour from here. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us to this, the now here, this fest. Awesome, awesome time. Yeah, right. We talked about uh, Southern California, but we're here for the Now Hear This podcast festival. I'm a podcast fan. I know you're a podcast fan as well. Robbie, there's probably going to be a lot of people listening to this and be like, I don't know, Robbie, what's going on with him? So let's just start there. What's going on with you? Well, uh, long story short, I'm the uh, co-founder and co-developer of digitalaccesspass.com. It's a membership plugin for WordPress. And I've always been a talk show fan right from childhood. Yeah, I started with Leo Laporte. Yep. You know, back when there was no podcasting yet, uh, I was uh, trying to rip YouTube videos to audio and I would load them up on, God knows, I can't even remember what was there back in 2000, some kind <laughs> of a MP3 player and listen to it on the subway and stuff. And that's how my love for podcasting started uh, back in India. When I was growing up, there was only a few talk shows and we had very few channels and one of them was Larry King Live okay. and his interviews and, and the talk and the conversation, the banter always fascinated me. So that's how long I've been like in a fan of the talk show format. Wow. And, you know, we fast forward, there's been 16 years, of course, since then. And we've seen podcasting grow like crazy. What are some things that you've enjoyed about uh, seeing podcasting start to grow and get out there more mainstream? You know, the first thing was, you know, obviously Apple adopting RSS feeds and saying, instead of having to download stuff, I still remember if you had a link on a website, you had to click on it, then you didn't know how to put it on your phone. So you had to go to your desktop, you download it, then you had to use some convoluted way to upload it to your MP3 device. So Apple adopting RSS feeds and starting the podcast store was the biggest thing. And the last few years, it's been exciting. Even though you know podcasting has always been popular, I think in the last few years it's exploded, you know, when you know that I'm starting a podcast, <laughs> which is the last year I started it, then you know that podcasting has become very, very commonplace now. There are a lot, of, lot more people starting it and it still needs to evolve. There's still statistics need to evolve. It's hard to know, you know, things like how many people actually listen, how long they listen and stuff. But it's amazing that more people are listening to the show, uh, to our podcasts and more people know what a podcast is, most importantly. So you mentioned earlier that you were living in India, but now, of course, you're in Southern California. So what's the story of going from India to Southern California? Back in India, I had a website about baby names. This was before my first daughter was born. And I found that e-commerce was really hard because most of the American credit card processors, you know, obviously now there's PayPal and everybody else. But back then, only a couple of them would even invite foreign merchants. So it was very hard. And I really wanted to do something on the internet. So I said, you know, let's go where the action is. And we moved here in 2000, got a job. And it took me only nine years to get a green card. <laughs> oh my goodness, only nine years. Uh, only no nine, big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> so in the whole time, you know, moonlighting, doing stuff on the side and 
almost felt like living in somebody else's body for nine years. And no finally, kidding. once I got my green card, my wife got a green card, and then the sky was the limit. So we both quit our jobs in New York, lucrative jobs, and we moved to, he said, where can we move to in the U.S.? Anywhere, where all we needed was computer and internet connection. So we moved to San Diego. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Uh, yeah, I mean, humans always find a way to complain about everything. So in San Diego, the weather is like, there are no four seasons. You know, there's only two seasons, warm and nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the weather where you live. <laughs> well, I want everyone to know that. So, Ravi, I think it's interesting that there must have been some thought in your mind when you were making that decision to come here. Was there any self-doubt or any ideas of, man, what if this fails? What if this is... Uh, like, what if this like, isn't going to work? You mean like from India to the U.S.? Or, yeah, yeah. Or new, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of that. And, and I imagine you're leaving your community, you're leaving your family, you're leaving... Oh, yeah. It was, it was really hard. My parents, you know, my Veena Prashant, who's the co-founder and co-developer, other, other co-founder of DAP. So it, it was tough. And luckily, we, you know, we had a very young daughter at that time. If you had like a teenager, it would have been very hard to move because they, they wouldn't want to leave their friends and go to a completely different country. But uh, my daughter was like a year old at the point and my son hadn't, hadn't been born yet. So kind of when you're younger, you take, you know, bigger risks. You know, now I don't know if I can take those same kind of risks and just pack up everything, house, everything, sell off everything and move to a... We basically had to get rid of all our belongings, you know, just a couple of suitcases, whatever we could fit in that. Wow. So it was a tough move and we had to get a job before we got here. So once we figured out we wanted to come here, I started applying for a job here. And it took me about six months to get a job. They had to hire me first and process a visa for me. It's called H1 visa. So I had to have a work permit even before I bought a ticket. So that was a long process. Wow. <laughs> so I would imagine that. I mean, if once you got that, that was probably like an exciting day, right? You were like, oh okay, God, was, this um, is happening. It was unbelievable. Because for to get the green car, a lot of people don't know this, but you have to stay with the same company for about five years, which is the process, the duration of how long it takes to get a green card. And post 9-11, five years flew out the window. We could barely hold on to a job for two, three years because companies were going bankrupt. You know, they were downsizing all the time. So I had to switch multiple jobs, even though none of my companies actually went bankrupt. There was always the fear of what happens if something goes wrong. Then I had to move and you move jobs you start your green cross process all over again. That's oh, why man. it took like nine, nine and a half years. So it's almost like you're walking on eggshells for Absolutely, five years. the whole time. And if, if you lose your status, like H1B, you got to get out. If a spouse, if you're not covered under your spouse, both of you don't have jobs, you got to leave the country. So it was tough. Kids growing up, they, you know, they're settled in schools. So yeah, they got friends, well. they got, you know, their life it here now. Tough, and- yeah, parents getting older there. So it was, it was tough, but all the things we do for to uh, go after our dreams... Man, well said. Uh, okay, so Digital Access Pass at some point was created. Uh, tell us that story. So right from the time I came here in 2000, I've always tried to create you know, plugins because I was always a programmer. And even at work, whenever I had uh, downtime, no work, you know, most people would go to the break room and talk about game shows or friends. Uh, show, I would uh, sit and learn coding. So I started creating, uh, you know, programming scripts. I, I created something called Webmaster in a Box. It was like PHP back then. There was no WordPress. So you, right. it was a bunch of PHP scripts that you can download and you had to open the code and you had to configure stuff and hack and stuff. 
So I was doing that the whole time, learning, and I was signing up for, you know, uh, following people like Frank Kern and all these guys, uh, you know, Andy and Mike, Mike Filsame, Andy Jenkins, all these guys in San Diego. In fact, there was one of the biggest, they put San Diego on the map. In fact, Frank Kern, I came to um, one of his conferences in 2008, 2009. That's when I said, wow, this place is amazing. That's how we knew about San Diego. Anyway, so I had been doing a lot of stuff on the side and I'd been a member, you know, part of different memberships over time. And I noticed that one of the biggest problems all these guys had was every time they were, one year they would launch the product. In the next year, when they relaunched the product, they had no way to drip the content. So they had to basically, because the next time somebody came in after a year, they brought in a whole, you know, two, 300 people, they would have access to all the content right from day one. So somebody could consume it and ask for a refund, especially in the internet marketing, make money online space there would be a lot of fraud. So a lot of them had, what they would end up doing is every year they would create a new site. So they would create a new subdomain. So if your site is called site.com, then they would create 2014.site.com. Next year would be 2015.site.com. So every year they would basically duplicate the entire setup and then manually publish content little by little over time so that the person coming in can't rip you off. So that's when I actually came up with content dripping. I said, there has to be a better way to do it. Uh, you should be able to drip content, just like an autoresponder series sends out emails that's scheduled ahead of time. So what if you could schedule content ahead of time? And uh, that's how I created uh, Digital Access Pass. Love it. And still still going strong, right? Yeah. Oh, and then um, a year later, my wife joined, and uh, now it's like she's taken over the whole thing, and she's the face of the franchise. And uh, I freelance more, a little bit more now, I podcasting and this and that. Hanging out, taking it easy. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, not taking it too easy because you're still pretty active. But hey, congratulations on that, by the way. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about earlier that I think is fascinating is your son has just started a podcast, which is cool. How old is your son? He's 13. He's 13. So I don't know very many 13-year-olds that are starting podcasts, but that's pretty cool. He's doing that. What compelled him to go ahead and make that happen? So he actually, uh, the funny thing is he started his first blog when he was six years old. Wow. He started blogging. When he, yeah. So, you know, because uh, his parents both are WordPress evangelists. Sure. So we set up a blog for him, for my daughter. So, and he's always had that entrepreneurial spirit and you're always asking us questions, you know, how do you promote DAP? How do you, when you have a website, how do you get people to come to it? How do you sell? He's always had been curious about all these things. So when I started my podcast last year, he was, he was the he, like, just like you, you're so encouraging to him right now. Like, as soon as you met him, he said, what's a podcast? You went and subscribed right there. You said, I'll leave you a comment. You know, I, I can guarantee you that really made his day for somebody to show from some third person, not just parents, to show that kind of interest. And he's going to remember that for the rest of his life. So that was huge. So thank you for that. So as he started, you know, he left me an amazing comment when I first launched my podcast. He left me the sweetest comment. and. He was listening to my podcast for a very long time. Now it's like 40-something episodes. He kind of <laughs> lost track. But he was always listening to my show, asking me questions. What's an email? How do you, you know, if you download something from somebody's website, how do you know it's not spam? I mean, it's not virus. And he's always full of questions. So over time, as he was listening to podcasts and stuff, actually, I listened to a episode by Dave Jackson. Yeah, love um, Dave. School of Podcasting. I'm a huge fan. So on one of his episodes, he had a father and son duo and they had just started some podcast. And I had been telling Rohan uh, for a while that you got to start your own podcast. You know, we, we are all big NBA fans. 
uh, we are huge LeBron James fans, Cleveland Cavaliers. So I told him, you know, we got you got to do something about LeBron James and the Cavs, maybe an NBA review show because we we talk about the NBA all the time. So he, if you just did that on a podcast, it becomes a podcast. So then he said, uh, yeah, he was not that much into a starting NBA thing. He was not sure. Then after listening to the Dave Jackson episode, I came home and said, dude, you got to start a podcast. I don't care what it is. You got to start one. And uh, by then he was like, you know, he loves movies. And we, me, my father also was a, uh, growing up, he was an Indian film legend. He'd know, he's no more. So my whole family is in movies back home in India. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So they're all like, like the Bollywood kind of movies. Bollywood, or? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, my dad was, he was considered like one of these legends, Indian movie legends. So I was always fascinated with movies and I grew up, you know, analyzing movies. So I'm always like a different, you know, super fan, movie super fan. And I always take him with me and we go to all these movies and we analyze movies. So he said, you know what, I'm going to start a movie review show. He wanted to review movies and TV shows. He's been into uh, Walking Dead and and we watch, you know, really good movies, uh, superhero movies and we watch. So that's, he said, you know, how about zombies and superheroes? And I was like, oh, that's a too long name. Okay, how about Zombies Heroes? Yes. So that's how he, uh, <laughs> he started. And he just published his first episode, Zombies Heroes. Yeah, so. Zombies Heroes. I am subscribed. <laughs> yes. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I am excited for Rohan and, and uh, you, of course. But you mentioned, too, um, we're going to flip just a little bit here. You are working on a book. And I think it's pretty fascinating what you're doing. So let's talk a little bit about the book. Right. So because I've been such a huge fan of podcasts, even before I started my own podcast, so I have been very keenly observing what people do, what people talk about, what are the problems when, when they do interviews. I'm like a super fan first and then now a podcaster. So I said, you know what, I got to put all this, a lot of great education available for podcasting. You know, Dave Jackson and uh, Daniel J. Lewis and just a whole bunch of people doing amazing stuff. But what if, you know, there could be a quick guide, quick and easy guide that basically told people about all the pitfalls, potential pitfalls, what to expect and what not to expect. Like one of the things everybody thinks is, oh, oh, Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas are making gobs and gobs of money with their podcast. So I'm going to launch a podcast and within a year or two, I'm going to make, you know, $50,000 a month. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, I mean, it's great to start a dream, but it has to, like, somebody has to warn them, right? A lot of people don't know, mm. right? I'm sure you're ambitious and you'll make it happen someday. But the difference between a lot of people who just have pie in the sky dream versus people who are actually going to take action is huge difference. You're right. So I wanted to get set expectations for people that, you know, podcasting is actually super hard. You know, if you blog, for example, the difference between blogging and podcasting is you can uh, outsource blogging, right? You can outsource your voice, right? If you want to connect with people, you have to do it yourself. And with the blog, you can outsource it. You can write it in pieces. You can go back and edit it over time. If somebody said, hey, you made a grammar mistake, you can go back and just fix that one word. You can't do any of that in podcasts. Uh, so unless you, every time you start re-editing and re-recording stuff, you'll never get it done. So podcasting is a lot harder than blogging. And podcasting is really not a business model. That was my first right. thought, right? So I wanted to start with that premise. So I said, no, what I want to sensationalize the title. I don't want it to call how to podcast or something simple. So I said, okay, let me start. Let me make it like a little bit tabloidy. So I said, confessions of a wannabe podcast star, a star with a S-T-A-R. Yep. So somebody wants to be a podcast uh, star in podcasting. So 
that's how I, I said, okay, let me put, put do a full brain dump of, you know, make it simple. Instead of giving people 20 different mic options, why not give them just one or two, right? This is what I use. This is what you could use if you had the budget. Yeah, and, simplify. And yep. Simplify everything. Give people two or three choices. In our business, we do the same thing. If somebody asks, what web host should I use? We don't give them like 30 options. We said, this is what we use, which straight away, it, it validates the option. And here's what you could use. And here's the cheaper option. So two or three choices and everything. So I said, okay, here's my workflow. Here's how I do it. You don't have to worry about learning, you know, Audacity or the Adobe tool. Uh, what's that? Um, oh, man, there's so many. So, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You just use Alphonic, which is free for two hours a month, right? So simplify everything. Use this, just go with a known mic, you know, ATR2100 or Blue Yeti. I use Blue, Blue Yeti. Uh, if I'd known better, I would have bought you know something different. But it's worked out amazing. I, obviously, I have a, a soundproof, pretty soundproof room upstairs in the second floor, so I'm immune to sounds. I have I'm in the Blue Yeti. I love it. You know, for most people, they should probably go with a dynamic mic, sure, than a condenser. So those kind of little things, you know, option that I want to put everything so that quick, quick guide they can get a twenty thousand foot overview of everything. Now, well said. Uh, Robbie, I always like to wrap up uh, with two things. First of all, where, what's the best place for people who are listening? They can uh, connect with you online. They can go to my podcast website, subscribeme.fm. It's a podcast about membership sites and online courses. Yep. And then we always close with final thoughts. So do you have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. As, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, I'm a little bit along the Gary V train um, school of thought is you got to hustle, right? Because... You ask anybody who's successful today, it hasn't happened with somebody saying, everybody saying, you know, I slept very less. I did two or three jobs. I did, I did it over nights and weekends. I tried to go out, think out of the box. You know, most success stories are not, I woke up, I raised a million dollars and made a success. It's never like that. So there's long-term hustle. So you got to, if, if you're passionate, that's what it's going to carry you through that, the difficult times. And as a podcaster, nothing better than, I was telling my son the same thing. He was very worried that his first episode was not so great. Should we redo it? Maybe I should delete it because a couple of his friends said, uh, uh, you don't have energy or something. I said, if you don't put it out there, you cannot get feedback. So just launch it. You know, you got to launch it. You'll never be good when, with your first maybe 20 episodes, not just one. And if you keep on waiting till your podcast becomes perfect, you'll never launch it. So just keep launching it. People who like your content will come back. It may not be perfect, but you, can, you are going to get better over time. Yeah, and that's so true. Robbie, I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared.